This podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hello and welcome to the latest season of our Tomato Lawcast. My name is Lisa Ziegert and I'm the Director of Client Solutions at Horton Wilcox. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land I'm speaking on today. I recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging, and to all First Nations people joining us. In this season, we are discussing artificial intelligence. It feels like AI is everywhere at the moment, with lots of discussion in the media about how AI will impact on us. The latest in what's known as generative AI is ChatGPT. And since ChatGPT has made its appearance late last year, the discussion has been heating up. According to what you read, AI is variously the greatest revolution to happen or the end of the world. As one headline in the AFR put it, is ChatGPT a form of magic or the apocalypse? It's possible that AI and the changes it brings could herald the fifth industrial revolution. Today, I'm joined by John Gray, the co-lead of our technology and digital economy industry group to discuss AI and its impact, particularly in the legal sector. Welcome, John. Thank you, Lisa. So to start off with John, as I mentioned, there's lots of excitement around chat GPT at the moment. What is generative AI and why is everyone talking about it? It's an AI system that generates content. So to explain that, we should start with the question, what is AI? What what is artificial intelligence? Um, In the most general terms, AI refers to computer software and systems that learn as they go. They don't just perform pre-programmed tasks. And through this, they improve their performance um, in a feedback cycle of learning as they go. Now, ChatGPT is a chatbot. And that is a computer program that uses AI to understand customer questions and automate responses, simulating human conversation. And ChatGPT is what's called a large language model chatbot or LLM chatbot, created by analysing billions of sentences of text taken from the internet. Um, This analysis built a statistical model that predicts which words are most likely to follow a given prompt. Now, I, when I first discovered ChatGPT, I asked the question, what's the offside law in soccer? And got a very intelligent answer back. Um, so ChatGPT looks at the word that's most likely to follow or precede the word you give it as a prompt. And in this way, it produces written text mimicking human conversation. So it's a generative AI system. It generates content. And in its own case, ChatGPT generates text, but other generative AI systems can create video, uh, pure data, um, even designs and schematics. And I should say, apart from ChatGPT, there are literally dozens of companies currently developing such large language model chatbots. A really exciting time uh, with all these advances in AI. 
Of course, AI has been used in the legal sector for some time now. Uh, it's actually been over 10 years since IBM Watson was developed and various AI products have been used in practice relatively widely uh, for several years already, uh, including in document reviews, the extraction of key terms from contracts. So what are the potential benefits of using AI tools like ChatGPT in the legal sector? Yeah, that's right. Lawyers have been using AI in one form or another. Um, pretty much a rudimentary form for some time now, um, searching documents, as you mentioned, Lisa. Um, a particular application we used recently was um, reviewing over a million documents to see which ones are potentially discoverable and which ones are privileged. Um, in a, that's a litigation context. In a mergers and acquisition context, our client might be um, pursuing a target company that's rich in IP. And so you might use AI to review documents of the company that use words like patent or copyright or secret or confidential. So these tools have a number of benefits for lawyers. First of all, they save time. Um, computer systems can, can analyze more information more thoroughly than humans can in a tiny fraction of the time. Um, this in turn saves on human resources because the work of a relatively unskilled paralegal can in theory be undertaken by a computer system. In fact, back in 2016, McKinsey predicted that 22% of a lawyer's job and 35% of a law clerk's job could be fully automated. And this in turn saves on personnel costs. Another benefit of AI and such tools um, is the production of higher quality work. Uh, software doesn't get fatigued or distracted, unlike lawyers. Um, and so when AI performs these tasks, it helps lawyers stay focused um, because it removes some of the drudgery of our daily work. And then this in turn enables a lawyer to spend more time on high value intellectual activity. These tools can take care of routine work, freeing up a lawyer's time and mental energy for higher level work. Now, um, turning specifically to ChatGPT, one particular application I can see of great benefit is document drafting. We're all familiar with the way Microsoft and Google email systems and word processing products suggest phrases or, or replies when you start to type. Um, Here's an example, you're preparing a confidentiality deed for one of your clients. The tool could supply a complete definition of confidential information as soon as you type in the word confidential. Um, more excitingly, it could prompt you to include entire clauses. So you might've overlooked uh, a useful clause like one saying that damages would be an adequate remedy for a breach of confidentiality. And, the tool could prompt you to say, hey, you've forgotten this, here's an example, or here, here are other examples. Um, in fact, there's a Belgian startup called ClauseBase that's already developed uh, contract drafting software, and it's been beta testing a chat GPT powered module to do just sort of thing. Um, another example of the application in the legal profession was reported by the ABC recently, a lawyer on the Sunshine Coast asked, chat GPT to draft a statement of claim based on the 1992 Mabo case. Um, the result was, in his own words, better than what a first year lawyer could have done. Um, but we shouldn't get carried away. Um, it was also reported recently that the American company Do Not Pay had dropped plans to use an AI tool as a lawyer 
in a real court case. According to CBS News, state bar prosecutors threatened the man behind Do Not Pay, um, who was planning to use chatbot as his legal representative, threatened him with prison time for doing that. I'm not sure on what basis, but I don't think ChatGPT is going to do away with litigators. Yeah, I agree. I mean, really useful for repetitive tasks. Uh, but as you've mentioned, um, there's limitations as well. Um, and it's worth noting that ChatGPT is currently just a free research preview. Uh, and we know that the available version is only current to 2021 material at the moment. So currency could be quite a significant limitation mm. for use in the legal sector. Definitely. I mean, ChatGPT answers often contain errors you know, it got the uh, the laws of the offside rule in soccer absolutely right. But because ChatGPT is based on text, it's found on the internet, it's only as accurate as the text on the internet. And we all know that the internet contains a lot of misinformation. So a lawyer relying heavily on ChatGPT is exposed to not just errors of fact, but also errors of law. And another sleeper issue concerns copyright. So Already we've seen concerns expressed by authors and artists such as Nick Cave about the reproduction of their content without permission. So um, this is content that's available in the public domain that ChatGPT has mined um, as part of its, its learning process. Would the use of text generated by ChatGPT constitute copyright infringement? We don't have a clear answer to that legal question yet. Another thing, if a lawyer does generate a useful work product using ChatGPT is copyright in that work product. The Copyright Act requires a human author, but here the author is a machine. So these questions remain to be resolved and they're part of the risk profile of using ChatGPT in the legal sector. So in short, it's best for lawyers to see ChatGPT, as you said, Lisa, as a useful tool, something that at this point in time doesn't replace lawyers and perhaps never will, and I just don't see how any lawyer can possibly discharge their professional duty to exercise due care by over-reliance on chat GPT or similar tools. Yeah, I have to say, as much as I love emerging technology, I have to agree, um, I wouldn't want to discourage experimentation. And it does pain me to say this, but I do think we should be taking a cautious approach. Uh, it might sound sceptical, but in its current form, unlike AI tools that we have been using in the legal operations space, it hasn't been pre-trained on legal information. And as you mentioned, um, only what is available publicly at the moment. Uh, with the tools that we would normally use, we'd actually do quite intensive training to make sure that the information was accurate uh, and even down to document or clause level to improve the accuracy. That would be another concern, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. With the limits of the natural language processing model still being unknown, uh, we also have seen previously that AI can provide unexpected responses. So are there any other risks of using chat GTT in the legal sector at the moment? Um, well, I think the primary risk is, is something we've, we've touched on that it doesn't guarantee accuracy. Um, it doesn't guarantee either even correct statements of fact, let alone correct analysis of law. And there'll always need to be uh, experts who know the law and can interpret the law and predict how the law will be applied in a particular fact scenario. 
Um, it's very interesting that LexisNexis in 2018 wrote an article um, that suggested the predictive capabilities of AI could even be used to anticipate the way a particular judge would decide a particular case based on her or his previous judgments. Um, by analysing previous judgments um, and perhaps things the judge had written in academic papers, that this predictive capability of AI could, you know, be a useful guide to the way a case would go and the prospects of success in litigation. Um, but it would be foolhardy to rely on that. Um, so, as I said, the main risk is around professional liability and the duty to exercise due care and skill. And uh, I think that that is one of the the main considerations for law firms in seeking to use any form of artificial intelligence, not just chat GPT in, in their operations. Right. I mean, so with the uh, risks that you've mentioned and once we have those resolved, how could uh, generative AI change the way that legal services are being delivered uh, and accessed in future? Well, I think it, it has huge potential to lower the costs of legal service delivery. Um, a software system, there's a tipping point at which the price, the total cost of ownership of a software system is lower than the total cost of ownership, if I can use that term, of a team of paralegals. And if your team of 35 paralegals uh, are trawling large volumes of documents for relatively straightforward information, such as the use of the word privilege, um, then a software system would be cheaper to operate and this must translate into lower legal fees for clients or more value in other forms, such as faster turnaround. So there's a payoff for clients, um, which I think is one of the main ways that will change how legal services are delivered in future. Another possibility is that clients will self-serve using automated tools accessible online to generate their own confidentiality agreements or their own statements of claim, you know, letters of demand for infringement of a trademark. Now, um, any such tool available on the internet will have heavy disclaimers plastered all over it, but already you can um, take steps to register a trademark through a self-service module made available by IP Australia. So that's another way that legal service delivery will be modified. Most importantly, I think we should be entitled to see an improvement in quality. Um, AI can explore huge volumes of case law and academic texts to help produce more accurate legal advice. Um, and because AI can free up any particular lawyer's time to do high level legal work, uh, there should be a qualitative improvement in legal advice. Now, here's a bit of a left field outcome as well. In December last year, Forbes magazine reported on an organisation called the White Letter Group, which purports to help law firms acquire new clients. This um, platform analyses the needs of specific clients to help lawyers deliver the right message at the right time. So client acquisition might be changed through the use of AI over time. And that's another impact on the delivery of legal services. That's really interesting. Um, there's so much potential for future efficiencies. 
So just seeing this progress uh, that is coming and another version, I suppose, of chat GTP as well as other products um, in the next couple of months. Uh, is there any way that the legal profession and industry can prepare for the increasing integration of AI? Uh, what kind of legal framework would be required to govern AI in the legal sector? Yeah, look, I, I don't think that any new regulation specific to the legal profession is required. I might be proven wrong. Certainly, there was a report in yesterday's Age newspaper that a US Congress member uh, with a degree in computer science said he is literally freaked out by AI, and he's even proposing a federal commission to consider how to regulate AI. Um, that seems a bit extremist, but I think the profession will need some, in terms of the framework, I think the profession will need some clarity around those copyright questions I mentioned earlier, either through the courts, giving judgments on the subsistence of copyright or whether there's an infringement by the use of chat GPT or the legislature, legislature providing amendment to statutes to clarify those questions. But that's not really an issue just for the legal profession. It's, it's, it's an issue for any creator of content. Uh, you might be writing, you know, a, a film script for example, that's that's a question that would confront you in that particular industry. So those copyright questions, the legal framework needs to somehow come to some workable solution around that. Another area that is questionable or problematic is ethics. There are ethical considerations about using the written work of other lawyers that ChatGPT has found on the internet. And I'm talking about plagiarism here. But even broader, there are general ethical issues associated with AI, such as biases inherent in existing bodies of written material currently available on the internet. So it's quite possible that a tool like ChatGPT, which depends entirely on what it can find on the internet to learn and then generate responses to queries, will replicate inherent biases. And that is a significant ethical consideration. I mean, other elements of the framework, you could say, well, look, you know, we have to train law students and young lawyers in the use of AI as it becomes integrated in legal practice, not just having aptitude in the use of these tools, but understanding the risks of the use of the tools. And then another thought I had is insurance. You know, the profession should be starting to work with professional indemnity insurers to address both the risk minimising and the risk increasing potential of AI in legal practice. How will AI affect professional indemnity insurance policies? How will insurers regard the practices of law firms that over rely upon artificial intelligence as a substitute for intelligent human resources? And how will this impact upon the terms of insurance coverage the types of exclusions in professional indemnity policies and ultimately the premiums payable by law firms. Absolutely, a lot to consider there. Thank you so much, John, for joining me today to discuss this fascinating topic. In the next episodes, we'll be looking at specific impacts of AI on your business in areas such as IP, copyright, privacy, and liability. Thanks everyone for listening today. As always, please get in touch with us if you have any questions. You can find our details on our website, which is at www.hallandwilcox.com.au or connect with Hall and Wilcox on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please rate, review or follow our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Mm -hmm.